And how you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Don't forget, we're on till about 9.30 over on MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com. Immediately after this segment right here on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, share us on your social media page, and like the show. It helps us out a bunch when you share it on your social media. Today we have a very interesting case. It is the case of Joseph Crazy Joe Spatiano, and he was a former president of the Outlaws Motorcycle Club, a chapter president. And this one case, I have to say, epitomizes what I've been talking about as far as the court system using membership in a motorcycle club against you. I've said this with Freddie Angelo's uh, case, the former national president of the Pagans. Uh, Conan, one percenter, is going through this right now with that handgun deal. All of a sudden, found in his car. We know all the, you know about that one, right? Uh, but anyway, during Freddie's trial. The biggest thing they did was they didn't present much evidence that Freddie was guilty. What they did was present past crimes from other people within that club. So what that does is give a jury pause. And this case right here, you will see that pause. The jury didn't even know or weren't even certain that he was guilty. But one of the reasons why they say they convicted him was because some members of his club were in the courthouse with their whole regalia is what they say. So they were nervous about letting him loose even if he was innocent. Last time I checked, that's not supposed to happen in the United States. If you're innocent, you're innocent. This whole case is a wild ride. This man, he uh, almost came to uh, his maker, what was it, three times or something like that, within minutes. So the state... According to everything I've been reading and hearing, almost executed an innocent man. Now, this happens all the time all over the country where these activist judges, because of campaign promises, are tough on crime and they're immediately for the death penalty and they hand it out like candy, even though it could be false. Even though person can be innocent how he got convicted on some of his charges was a 16 year old boy who was pissed off at him and on lsd or something like that he's changed his story so many damn times it's actually pretty freaking sad that they allow him to testify in court on this i guess his mother or something was going out with crazy joe uh it's just a sad state of affairs. It really is, man. Uh, then he, the only way he would remember details of this whole thing 
was through hypnosis. And in 1985, I believe Florida came to the conclusion that hypnosis wasn't admissible in court because it's not reliable. Because if you know about hypnosis, you can be told stuff. You can be led a certain way during hypnosis. Everybody knows that. It depends who's doing it. And it's de it depends on how they walk you through everything. So they convicted him off of this liar, drug user, the whole nine yards. He's still in prison till this day. I believe he was denied parole in 2008. We'll go over that stuff. But we're going to take a quick video walk through this. This is going to explain the whole case for you. Instead of me giving you the whole background with me reading it, I put together this little deal. That way you can get acquainted with the case before we go any further. So let's get to it right now, shall we? Did Florida almost execute an innocent man? By Tenet Jameson Lee, Abanet.org Summer 1996 Maybe it was his unfortunate nickname, or maybe it was a community's bloodlust for revenge, but whatever it was, Crazy Joe Spagino has spent the past 20 years in prison, possibly an innocent man. Convicted of the 1973 murder of 18-year-old Laura Lynn Harberts, Spagino has come within inches of being executed by a system that seemed to repeatedly and almost blatantly overlook one crucial point. Save for the testimony of a 16-year-old who held a grudge and remembered key facts under hypnosis, the state of Florida had no credible evidence against Spagino. Regardless of what people think about the death penalty in the abstract, it does in fact send innocent people to death row and will, in fact, execute an innocent person, stressed Michael Mello, University of Vermont law professor and former public defender. Believing in the very marrow of my bones that Spagino is innocent, Mello says this case is a perfect example of a legal system gone awry. He's been involved in the case since the fall of 1983. Working with him to right this possible wrong is Stephen Hanlon, a partner at Holland and & Knight, and co-chair of the Arander Section's Committee on Civil Rights and Equal Opportunity. Mello and Hanlon are quick to share credit, not only with the dog determination of defense attorneys and judges, but to the involvement and downright advocacy of the Miami Herald which appears to have shamed the court system for now into preventing the execution. Joe Spagino would not be alive today if not for the Miami Herald, said Hanlon. This was not allowed to take place in the dead of the night as so many executions do. The fact that this former death row inmate owes his life to a Florida newspaper is just one of many disturbing aspects of a case that spans 20 years. On August 21, 1973, the badly decomposed bodies of two women were spotted by a pool digger in a Seminole County trash dump. Some reports said the bodies were badly mutilated. One body was identified as Harberts, a hospital clerk who had a penchant for hitchhiking. The other body has never been identified. Most of the initial investigation centered around one suspect, Linwood Tate, who had been arrested by police in his hometown of Athens, Georgia, after he was accused of rape by an Orlando woman. Bank receipts showed that he opened a bank account in Orlando around the time of the Harberts' disappearance. He also applied for a job at the hospital Harberts had worked at. Tate was interrogated, underwent a polygraph test and was hypnotized. He failed a lie detector test and the investigator concluded in a report that everything, 
indicated strongly that Linwood Tate did commit the murder of Laura Lynn Harberts and the other unidentified female. Tate was never charged but remained a suspect until 1974. In 1974, investigators began talking to Tony Delisio, a 16-year-old drug user who admired Joe Spagino's status as a chapter president of the Outlaws, an infamous motorcycle gang. They believed Spagino may have been having a tumultuous affair with Delisio's stepmother. She had once told a reporter that she was raped by Spagino, but didn't press charges. When first interrogated by police, Delisio wasn't much help, saying he didn't know about the murders. Investigators apparently weren't convinced and decided to have him hypnotized by Joseph Macaulay, a local fellow whose work has been questioned in the past. After being hypnotized twice, Delisio said he remembered Spagino showing him two dead bodies. The induced testimony was just what prosecutors were waiting for. They proceeded with their case. At the trial in January of 1976, Delisio remembered that Spagino had taken him to the dump to show him the two mutilated bodies and bragged of killing them. The jury was not told that these recollections were induced by hypnosis. Most of Delisio's testimony was inconsistent and went unchallenged by defense attorney Ed Kirkland. Initially, Delisio said he was taking the drug LSD when he saw the bodies. At the trial, he said he didn't use any LSD until after he saw the bodies. He also gave testimony that conflicted with what he previously recounted about what he saw at the dump site. Noting that their case hinged on his testimony, the prosecutor told the court, if we can't get in the testimony of Tony Delisio, we have absolutely no case whatsoever. They offered no physical evidence linking Spagino to the murder. After a lengthy deliberation, the jury returned with a guilty verdict. They recommended life in prison, a sentence that could indicate they didn't believe firmly in Spagino's guilt, if they thought he committed this brutal crime, they probably would have sentenced him to death. Mello has a juror affidavit stating that the jury recommended life imprisonment rather than death because they weren't so certain that Spagino was guilty at all. The jury's only choices at the guilt-slash-innocence stage were acquittal or conviction of first-degree murder. At trial, Spagino's outlaw biker colleagues sported full biker regalia, tattoos and all. Jurors weren't so sure they wanted to let Spagino back on the streets. They opted to put him in prison for life. Judge Robert McGregor overrode their recommendation and sentenced Spagino to the death penalty. Mello was assigned to Spagino's case in the fall of 1983 while at the office of the Capitol Collateral Representative. I thought that the trial was a joke as screwed up as any I'd read about, says Mello who is one of a handful of specialists in post-conviction homicide law and has represented some 70 condemned men, including confessed serial murderer Ted Bundy. When I first get involved in a case, guilt and innocence are irrelevant to me. After meeting his client a year later, Mello was convinced of his innocence. He had this straightforward way about him. Three key issues jumped out at Mello when reviewing the case, and still trouble him today. It violated the federal constitution to permit judges to override a jury recommendation of life imprisonment. Mello raised the issue in a certiorari petition to the U.S. Supreme Court, which granted cert in the spring of 1984. Since the jury usually represents a cross-section of the community, they are perhaps more sympathetic, her argued. He pointed to a study that found when judges are elected, they tend to be more death penalty prone, especially in high-profile cases. Furthermore, he maintained, the death decision is a moral judgment, not a legal judgment. He lost his argument. 
the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the conviction 6-3 with Justices Brennan, Marshall and Stevens dissenting. The dissenting judges reason that it is cruel and unusual punishment for a judge to overrule a jury and impose a death sentence on his own. Florida is one of four states including Indiana, Alabama, and Delaware, that allows a judge to override a jury's sentence. Since the responsibility of sentencing was divided between the judge and the jury, neither had responsibility for Spagino's life. It didn't help that Spagino was feared and loathed by the community, and the Orlando Sentinel clamored for his death. A judge can override a jury when no reasonable juror could have ever come to that conclusion. Based on the available evidence, Hamlin is surprised the judge came to the death penalty conclusion. We have a horrendous problem here in Florida, agrees Hamlin. Jury overrides are routinely upheld in Florida, and it has worked the opposite of what the law intended. The key witness in the Spagino trial revealed information only under hypnosis. In the 1985 case, Bundy v. State of Florida, the Florida Supreme Court ruled that hypnosis-induced evidence is unreliable and inadmissible. The Florida Supreme Court refused to apply its 1985 decision to Spagino's case. Okay, this case has a ton of moving parts, but the one thing that comes to mind in this country, as a juror, if you have any reasonable doubt that the defendant is not guilty, you have to acquit him. In this case, the jury came right out and said, we didn't think he did it, but because he is scary or he's a biker in a motorcycle club, the community didn't like him, we did not want to release him on the street. And they said that was because he had some members of the club go in there in full patch and colors and stuff like that, and that influenced their decision. Well, that shouldn't have been allowed to influence them because that had no bearing on the case of who he was a part of. That is just like I talk all the time. When most club members go up in front of a judge and a jury, what happens is the prosecutor doesn't put the defendant, which is a club member, on trial. They put his club on trial. Just like in the case of Freddie Angelo. They put his club, the Pagans, on trial. Most of his stuff had to do with the Pagans. Same thing and the same mentality right here in this case. This man was served five death warrants. Five. He should have never been put in that position. One of the reasons was the judge overruled the jury. Now, that only happens in, like they said, four or five states or something like that, which I don't believe should happen because the Constitution says you have a right in front of a judge or jury, and what the jury decides, because they're your peers, should go. But because this judge was a hard-on-crime type of judge, he said, no, I'm going to sentence you to death. An innocent man, according to all the material, 
that is out on this case. They handed it out like candy back then. You know, that's one of the reasons why I say go up to a graybeard, ask him if he rode during the 70s, ask him how the environment was back then. How bad society hated bikers and hated club members even worse. Ask him about that. Clubs had to go through this. That's why I always say, decade-old 1% clubs, those are the ones that de deserve the respect. Not these so-called 1% clubs that pop up, just put the diamond on, or they go to an establishment dominant and ask permission to wear a 1% diamond. Last time I checked, you earned that shit. It's just not given permission to put on. And when I'm talking about earn it, I'm talking about earn it through these type of times. This adversity towards clubs back then was horrendous. You almost had a guy put to death five times because a jury didn't like him. It didn't matter they didn't think he was innocent, but they didn't like him, so you had to give him a life sentence. The one thing that we have in this country is a justice system that is supposed to be fair and blind, which we all know isn't it. But hey, you gotta admit, at least we got some kind of system compared to a third world banana republic. He's still in jail right now because the system has failed him because of who he was affiliated with. The eyewitness or supposed eyewitness to a lot of this stuff was a kid who had to be put under hypnosis. And we know when you're hypnotized, how you can be led around by the pecker to say whatever they want you to say. 85, even the Supreme Court down in there in Florida said, hey, it's inadmissible, but they won't apply it to his case. I don't know if he banged a judge's wife or a politician's wife or something like that for them to be going to this extreme to keep him down. Luckily, the case came to notoriety because a newspaper actually did their jobs back then and did investigative journalism instead of spouting off propaganda for one side or the other. Let's take a look at some other stuff here. This right here is the case in front of the Supreme Court of Florida, Spagino against Seminole County. And some of the stuff in here is very interesting. As it says, the procedural history of this case is extensive. Joseph Spagina was convicted in 76 of first-degree murder of Laura Harberts. The jury, here it is, recommended a sentence of life imprisonment. The trial judge overrode the jury's recommendation and sentenced them to death. Now, Spazino versus State, uh, Spazino was again sentenced to death by trial judge, and this court affirmed the resentencing on direct appeal. The United States Supreme Court granted Spazino's petition for writ of centauri and thereafter affirmed this court's decision. He has been subject to five death warrants. He survived 
all five of them death warrants. The case was remanded for evidentiary hearings on the newly discovered evidence of the recantation of the trial testimony of the primary trial witness. And after the evidentiary hearing, the judge said there needed to be a new trial. Uh, prior to the volunteer counsel, the trial judge appointed Donald West as co-counsel, ordered his compensation to be paid by Seminole County. Uh, the trial judge found that he had the inherent authority to appoint private counsel. That just shows you that when it went, that he says, well, wait a second here. Hmm, this doesn't sound right, does it? No, this case don't sound uh, right at all. Not right at all, man. There's so much to this that your head will spin and the biases that the justice system has showed him. Now, Orlando uh, Sedno, they've been on his ass the whole damn time. Spazano brothers, Joe, you know what? If Spazano pissed the wrong way, the Orlando Sentinel be all over his ass. But I want to present both sides of the issues here, what everybody thinks on one side, and you can make your mind up. According to them, in a 1996 article, Crazy Joe told family members two decades ago that he killed people, including a nurse, and showed the bodies to a teenager, two of his brothers told the state investigator. That was the same teenager who recanted. He also said he was on LSD before he got on the stand, and then after, when he got on the stand, he said, no, wait a second, that's after I seen the bodies. The dude was a liar. Gone. Should be out of here. Inadmissible. But that's not justice uh, with these kind of judges. One told the Florida Department of Law Enforcement agent that Spazano worried the punk kid would go to the police. According to the interview transcripts obtained by the Orlando Sentinel. They released, the prosecutors released the transcripts, uh, after the first day of a hearing into the recantation, and this is the guy, Tony Delisio, the Pensacola uh, car restorer was 18 and 76 when he testified that Spazano showed him the bodies of two women. Now, he was, uh, Spazano, 50, was sentenced to death in 73 for killing the woman. Now, and again, this is in the 90s, he said he lied. But the two Spazano brothers, Tommy and Michael, told FDLE investigator John Gordy that Spazano talked about a teenage witness while hiding out with his family. Man, you must have pissed your brothers off for them to freaking turn on you, blood family. That must be the worst, is when a blood family member turns you in. Ouch. Oh. Uh, Gordy interviewed Tommy Spazano, 38, at uh, Martin uh, Correctional Institution. He's serving a 100-year term for attempted murder. Oh, so there, is there uh, some motive here to try to get out of a 100-year uh, term? You got to wonder. He was always worried about that kid. He said he was worried about that kid. 
because the kid was there, so he he knew the kid was a weak link or something like that, you know? That's according to his brother. His other brother, Michael, uh, was at Hardy Correction Institution. He was serving 12 years sentence for cocaine trafficking. He also had a prior murder conviction. They claim during one of his two visits uh, late in 73 and 75, he drove his pickup to the family home, and he told me he was in trouble in Florida and he was on the run, I says, for what? Uh, Michael Spasno said, he said, well, I can't tell you. It took maybe 45 minutes to an hour after talking to me. The girl was killed. She was murdered. But in this whole story, the Orlando, uh, Orlando Sentinel didn't say nothing about his side of the story. Both men said they fear for their family's safety if Joe Spasno is released, Johnny, or Tommy said Joe has threatened to kill his own daughter, which is Bull, who now may be involved with the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club. So now they're bringing in the Hells Angels into this whole thing. Rival of Spaniels Club, the Outlaws. Michael said he worried his daughter, Tina, has grown too close to Joe during his visits to Death Row and may be acting as a go-between with the Outlaws. That's unprovable. And why it was even printed... I don't know, but that's the Orlando Sentinel. That's how newspapers turn shit all around on people. They covered also his parole board hearing, and they extended the sentence of the notorious killer. Funny, isn't it, how that is? They added about six months uh, the Joseph uh, Crazy Joe they released his release date to October of 2060 when he would be 115 years old. Uh, he was serving a sentence for raping a girl, uh, a 16-year-old Orange County girl in 74. She testified at his trial that he climbed into the truck with Spazano, another man who offered her marijuana. They took her to the clubhouse of the outlaw, the motorcycle gang, they claim, where she was raped and beaten until she was unconscious. Down there, he spent nearly 20 years awaiting execution for the previous crime. 95 recanted uh, that witness. He ordered a new trial. He eventually agreed to let Spanzio uh, plead no contest, 23 times serve. Uh, neither Spanzio nor the rape victim, now in her 40s, appeared at that hearing. The rape victim identified for authorities the wrong man, perhaps out of confusion. There you go again. Another one that might have been confused about who did something. He is in uh, Murderpedia. Uh... It goes over everything that the Sentinel, just like I uh, told you, uh, went over just now at the parole hearing. Uh, the daughter begged uh, the commission to release her father. The rape victim identified authorities uh, the wrong man, perhaps out of confusion. Uh, this guy has went through some shit. Uh, here's his updated information right here. Uh, the sex offender list, the whole nine yards, uh, date of birth 45. Uh, but it seems like 
he has no chance in hell of ever getting out because the system was decked against him from the start. Sad state of affairs in this country where you have to worry if things are going to get fair or if you're going to get a fair shot or if you got a prosecutor that got to bug up their ass that really wants to screw you. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comments section below. I got China now coming in. Don't forget the second segment. Head right now over to MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com or go in our Discord server and go into the Motorcycle Madhouse Radio Room. We're live on camera over there, so I'll catch you guys over there right now. For something just a little bit wild. God! Now or never, here it comes. Take yourself on a journey into the unknown. Yeah! Are you ready? Attention. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. Party This is good stuff. I want to share something with you. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? Welcome to the show. I'm here with the Black Widow. Yes, the Black Widow. The one who tried to kill me yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the Black Widow. She is nasty. She is dirty. And she tried to kill Hollywood. It is China Dow. Yes, that fucking viper. Yes, she smiled as Hollywood was getting sick. Yes, just because I was flirting, it is China Dow. Hi. <laughs> well, hello there. <laughs> What's with the song all of a sudden? I thought you weren't playing that anymore. That's the Black Widow song, and that's what you are is a Black Widow. Hollywood could have been in a barrel by today, and I'm still feeling the effects. I should punch you right in the mouth. Well, that's why I'm not making you pork steak today. Oh, no, I asked. Well, okay, what's for lunch today and stuff like that? Uh, well, you got spaghetti, you got pork steak right away. No. <laughs> You're like, hell no, make me spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? Even last night you admitted, yeah, I fucked up. I did, because the norm is I cut it open while it, while it's cooking to make sure it's cooked on the inside, and yeah, epically failed, didn't do that yesterday, sorry. And, you know, I thought it was medium rare or something like that, I thought it would be alright, and next thing you know, like I said last night, I wake up, I was like, what the fuck's going on with my stomach? I get all sweaty and shit, I had to come into the studio, lay down, put the air conditioner on full blast, and uh, I'm still feeling it today with the headaches, and uh, you're an asshole. Thank you. Right. Why would you do something like that? <laughs> do it on purpose. You know if pork ain't cooked right, you're going to fuck somebody up. I didn't do it on purpose, I swear. Yeah, right. It was an oops. What you an oops. You don't like our kids. <laughs> <laughs> what an oops, okay? That oops could have led me down to death row. I'm sorry. That's what you're gonna say as I'm li- you know, I'm in the coffin or something. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was an oops. <laughs> I 
can't help it. <laughs> this was all over the previous night, man, with that broad that's showing me titties. You didn't like that, so you tried poisoning me. No, I just didn't like it because I missed it. Yeah, right. Don't try to get yourself out of this one. What? You ain't getting out of this one. Why not? You know, I'm over here feeling like shit. My head's fu- it feels like it's going to fall off. And you know what? You got your second shot today, don't you? Yeah, at 11. At 11 o'clock, you got your second shot. And you're going to probably go through some hell. Uh-huh. And you're going to be, well, James, can you do this? And can you do- After you try to poison me. Sorry. I didn't mean it. I swear. <laughs> Don't get that I, innocent I never talk. said I was the world's greatest cook, and you tell everybody I suck anyways, but you didn't complain too much when I made you spaghetti the last time. But so. spaghetti, you're good, because you can't screw that up. Well, yeah, you can. You know what? It's kind of... I'm going to compare you to Loretta Lynn right now, because we were watching Coal Miner's Daughter the other day, and uh, you cook as good as she bakes pies. Oh, the pie where she put salt instead of sugar? Yeah, that's you. I don't make that kind of mistake. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know what? You're that bad, though. I am not. You are that bad. Okay, just because, you know, I burned cookies in the oven and... (laughs) What? I did. Even my eight-year-old granddaughter said, What the hell is Grandma doing? She burned the cookies. (laughs) They were just cut and bake cookies. Yep, I failed because I've forgot what time i put them in the oven (laughs) so they got a little crunchy you're not a social engineer you're not a domestic engineer man no no i am sometimes though when i'm manic when you're manic yeah so what do i gotta do hope you're manic every day when you cook my food so you don't fuck it up hope i don't take my meds and you know then you have uh my son i said you know what Corey's the only one cooking me steak from now on you ain't sorry um, he does cook way better, though. <laughs> he does. He does, and it's, like, self-taught. He watches a lot of YouTube. Yeah, you, you know what? He's a good uh, cook <laughs> there. Uh, men, you know what? Uh, ben, now that we're on that with the coal miner's daughter, uh, it was pretty weird because that whole thing is where my family comes from on my father's side and the hollers and the coal mines and all that kind of shit. My whole family still does it today. Uh and the look on your face, they really live like that? Yeah, they really live like that. Yeah, I was When shocked. I was a kid and went down in the house, it was, you know what? No electricity, it was all ran on batteries, and a lot of it is still to today. I was just, I think the biggest thing that shocked me was the fact that she was barely 14 when she got married. That just threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's so frowned upon in today's society. Well, it's still a common practice in uh, West Virginia. And then Just as it's a common practice with polygamy out in Utah. Yeah, I think before she was in her, before 21 or something, she already had four kids out of six. Four kids out of six. Her last yeah. two were twins. Yeah. It'd be, it's going to be a sad state of affairs when Loretta Lynn uh, dies. Yeah, she's like 87, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I do got good news on that front. What? Hollywood is starting a second station, country only. A radio station? Yes. Okay, I'll be listening to that. Yes. Uh, we got a rock station that you're on right now, and then we're going to have our country station where you can listen in Discord all day with uh, kick-ass country stuff. And not that pop rock country shit. No? I cannot stand uh, that. No. Why not? 
Because it sucks. It's good. You know, I'm an Alan Jackson kind of guy. I'm a George Street kind of guy. Aaron Tippin. Uh, not this new shit. This new shit sucks. Wow. How in the hell are you going to combine pop rock with country? Some of the songs are fine. I mean, like, like, do you have any specifics? What like do you mean? Specific people? Like, that you don't aren't fond of their music? All their bullshit today. Even though Little Lynn said the music sucks. Wow. There ain't I mean, no art in it. It's not Patsy Klein. The music from back, you know, back in the day, that's some pretty killer music. 80s and 90s. I, I think the 90s were the best for country. I mean, Alan Jackson, uh, Travis Tritt. Right. Uh, I mean, I am a Luke Bryan fan, though. Luke Bryan's good. Uh, let's see, who else? Carrie Underwood. It's going to be a separate station. It ain't going to be on this station, Bubba. Go ahead. I mean, Carrie Underwood's good. Who else? Carrie's good. We've seen her in concert. Yeah. She was really good. Her concert was And you amazing. got your sister right now. I can explain the other night, sis. No, she can't. <laughs> no, she can't. She had titties in my face. <laughs> she can't explain that. And I was hoping that she'd uh, get her friend on Discord, too. She hasn't done that for me. No. She got me fucking poisoned, so she can't do me a favor? How rude. That's rude shit right there, man. She should hook you up. She should. She should hook me up <laughs> so I can see those beautiful round titties again. <laughs> and then she even did nipples, and do you know who missed it? Uh, probably, let's see, if it has to do with boobs, there's two people that most likely missed it, and that'd be L-Dog and Geo. <laughs> yep, they missed it. <laughs> Nips and everything, baby. And then they were, uh, freaking, she was wiggling that ass and all that stuff in the camera. It was beautiful. Because every time there's boobs, those two manage to miss it. Oh, they always do it. And that, that night I had Donna's boobs dancing and shit like that. You know, Hollywood had a good night that night, and the next day I get poisoned because of it. That, that's the thanks I get. <laughs> I told you I didn't do it on purpose. It was just an epic fail. It was just a bad day. <laughs> yeah, it was an epic fail, you <laughs> jackass. L-Dog <laughs> came on video just now, and he's like, damn it. Oh, L-Dog, I had it going on, man. <laughs> he's seen some nice boobies. i seen some tits. <laughs> I wanted to trade China Doll in right there and then. I was like, fuck. I bet she gives the best head in the world. <laughs> Why? Just because she has nice boobs? Well, you know, it's something I can actually screw. You know, yours is kind of hard. It's like uh, screwing a board. <laughs> well, if you make it last longer, it would not be that kind of situation. It happens. Yes, yeah. you missed it too, uh, Sarge. So, yeah, we're going to have a separate, separate Separate channel, not same channel. Separate channel. Yes, and it'll be in the Discord server. Make sure under. you make sure you label it country or something. Yeah, well, I'm mean, just gonna call the Madhouse Country. There you go. Is what it's gonna be Cause, called. Because then they'll know. Yeah, that was. It's just like last night. What? You know, I said we're heading into the summer schedule. Yeah. I'll be on Rockin' with Hollywood Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Right. And then you have people asking. Is the morning show still going to be on? I'm like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. I was like, do I got slow retards on this channel? Yeah. The 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 day the daytime shows are going to stay as is. Because usually this early in the morning, it's not quite warm enough yet to ride. 
Just saying. No, well, it's coming up riding season. It's not only me uh, that is going to be riding. Everybody else is going to be riding. I will say there were a lot of people posting in there last night about how they're going to miss it. Miss what? The 7 o'clock show. Well, you know, it's coming back in the fall. Yeah. I'm just saying. They were all like... But it also allows me to do a lot more standalone videos where I'm not in the studio. I'm out and about riding and shit like that. You're going to be riding with me uh, Sunday. Uh, I think uh, Geo might be coming up. We're going to be meeting at the Forest Preserve at 11 o'clock. Right down the street at Hananiga Forest Preserve. uh, Go out riding and shit. Enjoy it. We'll probably do the members only meeting at uh, 7 on your phone. Because uh, what do you say? You said, you better be taking me out all day. Yeah. Why should I be taking you out all day after what you did? Because you like me. Oh, I like you. I should, uh, you know, head up the, sh- you know, Shocker, your sister-in-law's place and go grab me a freaking another honey after what you did to Have me. Have a nice three-hour ride. Well, that's a good ride. Okay, bye. <laughs> Does anybody want to take me out on their bike on Sunday? Because Hollywood's be, ditching me. You'll be good. You'll be good. <laughs> uh, hopefully Greg will be coming, too. It looks like J-Man's coming. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to have to take them all over the fucking place. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think we take them out, uh, you know, West Galena and shit like that. I think it'd be a good ride. It'd be fun. I love hills and shit like that. And boy, there's hills out that way. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. The roads are hills and curves. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a fun ride. It is. So uh, with that, we're going to go into the uh, first music break. And when we come back, we're going to, ha- you know what? We've been uh, trying to talk about this subject for the last two days. And I think it's a subject that needs to be brought out and people need to hear it. That is Hollywood. Uh, I, you know what? I ain't going to even say Hollywood anymore because it's me. You know Holly, You know what? The movie makers. Let's say movie makers. Does that sound better? I say movie makers. The yeah. movie makers have a problem with pedophilia. And uh, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. Uh, Corey Haim died, and they're contributing some of the, you know, the emotional stress from that time as uh, a cause of that stuff. And uh, the other Corey Feldman, uh, he actually came out and said it was Charlie Sheen. Very interesting stuff. Wow. So we'll go into that right after the music break. We got Scorpions and Motley Crue.
more than just one type of music. World-class rock. It's like Captain Crunch, Honeycomb, and Raisin Bran. All in one bowl. Part of this nutritious breakfast. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. What's up, everyone? We are back. My damn discard app went down again. I'm, I'll mess with it after the damn show. Uh, so we were going to be talking about this problem that the movie makers have uh, with this pedophilia stuff. And I actually, the more I got into the material and studied it, the more that it made a lot more sense to a lot of what these ex-child stars are talking about, how... These movie maker executives, producers, directors, they use that against these kids to give them stardom. And nobody more famous has been uh, speaking out about this is Elijah Wood. Now everybody knows him as Frodo. And he says that Hollywood, not this Hollywood, the movie maker Hollywood has a pedophilia problem. He starred alongside Macaulay Culkin when he was younger. And he goes on to say there are a lot of vipers. Not women vipers like I tease you guys about. But vipers in the industry preying on children. That's disgusting. What all are they saying as far as uh, any specifics on what went on? Well, he goes on to get quoted as saying, clearly something major was going on in Hollywood. It was all organized. There are a lot of vipers in this industry, people who only have their own interests in mind. There is a darkness in the underbelly. What bums me about these situations is that the victims can't speak as loudly as the people in power. That's the tragedy of attempting to reveal what is happening to innocent people. They can be squashed, but their lives have been irreparably damaged. If you're innocent, you have very little knowledge of the world and you want to succeed. That's where they use this against these child actors is they want to become movie stars, they want to succeed and that's the price they have to pay. You know you know who the most popular one is that everybody heard about in the news? Hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Well, Harvey Weinstein was more of a Me Too type of deal where he would actually go after the actresses and make them do shit to get parts. He's mm-hmm. serving a big sentence right now. He's sentenced to 23 years in New York for rape and sexual assault. And do you always find it funny that these people cry for mercy after what they did to these people? After they sit there and try to proclaim that they're innocent? Mm-hmm. And then when they're found guilty, they beg <laughs> for forgiveness? Right. But it's not until they're found guilty. Then it's basically them asking for forgiveness is they're just now admitting to what they did wrong after the whole court case when they're saying they did nothing wrong. Right. You know, I didn't mean it. 
<laughs> then why'd you do it? Mm. You know, it's like why why do you prey on people? I know with the the Harvey Weinstein thing, the the biggest thing that came out of that was the Me Too movement. Right. You know, that was a big deal. But it's like I know it's a total opposite end of the spectrum because you were talking more about the child stars, but. So every time you bring up Hollywood, Hollywood, and I don't mean you, the movie industry. The movie makers. The movie industry, you know, he was a producer. So it's like, you know, that's the first name that popped into my mind when you originally, you know, brought up this topic was his. Where is the parents? The parents actually, they say that these kids would go to parties and that's where a lot of it would happen with all these super uh you know movie execs and shit like that that's where it would happen why would a parent i don't care if they're going through stardom or not let their kid go to something like this i have no idea i have no idea uh, you know, there's like a lot of stars that are child actors that have totally spoken about this, and it really disgusts me that the parents don't understand what's going on and they don't notice anything going on with their children. I mean, are they that blind, or are some of these parents just really into the money? I guess they're into the money. Look what happened to uh, Gary Coleman. Oh, yeah. With uh, different strokes where the parents stole him fucking blind. They, oh, my God. That, that is irritating. They basically were in it for the money, and he ended up broke. He was working as a security guard and everything yeah. else. Yeah. I remember when they were talking about that, and they showed you know pictures of him, and he's wearing like a security officer uniform, and uh, it's like, you know, and... Who else was uh, uh, Drew Barrymore? Her family was all in it for the money, and I don't think she's ever come out and spoke about anything though. No, not Drew, and she's an awesome actress. Yeah, you know the most one of the most famous cases of this was Woody Allen. Now he and uh, Mia Farrow, who is an actress, and her husband Andre Previn adopted Soon E. Previn, who was born in Seoul. After Farrow's uh, divorce, she began a relationship with film director Woody Allen. Uh, Farrow and Allen had a son who would later go by the name of Ronan Farrow. Farrow adopted two other children by herself, Moses in 78, Dylan in 85. Uh, in 92, a crisis, now they claim a crisis in a relationship between Farrow and Allen appeared when Farrow discovered Allen and her oldest daughter... Suni were having an affair. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, I used to hear stuff about Woody Allen, but I didn't know it was somebody that he was related to. This was his adopted daughter. Yes, his adopted daughter. Oh my god. I thought it was just a, you know, just somebody that he was putting in his his show, you know, his movies and stuff. I had no clue it was. And his he was one of the daughter. power houses in Hollywood. Oh jeez. And then you got Roman Polanski. That's another famous one. Mm. He went and had sex with a thirteen-year-old. And described the uh, director took her to the house of actor Jack Nicholson. Under the argument of wanting her as a model for a photo shoot for Vogue magazine, 
she uh, was supplied quaaludes and later photographed her topless. This is a 13-year-old girl. And they were alone in Nicholson's house. Uh, she, he took advantage of her, took her to the master bedroom and raped her. Uh, he was uh, accused of sexual abuse of a minor, drug use, perversion, sodomy. So he sodomized her. A 13-year-old girl. What is wrong with people in this world? That's disgusting. You know, there was a lot of issues with uh, the two Corys. Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. That's the ones I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually have a uh, A&E special um, called The Two Corys that they uh, speak about some of their situations, mm-hmm. which I've actually seen that. It's actually a good thing to watch if you ever find that, you know, if it's still out where you can see it on A&E. Um, but, you know, the, the sad part with that was that um, Corey Haim... Um, actually lost his battle with all his frustrations and, you know, he died at 39. Uh, so he overdosed and I think it was due to he was having a hard time struggling with all this, you know, the shit that went on with him for throughout his childhood. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. It is. I mean, that shouldn't end that way. Now, Feldman alleged Haim... Because these two were, to, they were huge. Yeah, the two Corys. The two Corys in the 80s. Well, like, they're in the Goonies and... Right. You know, which is an awesome movie. Yeah, well, the Goonies, man, are the best. I know. Uh, he said actor Charlie Sheen raped them while making the 1986 film Lucas. And you know what? I kind of have to believe that one because Sheen, who is HIV positive now, he's known for his wild sexcapades. Oh, yeah, that's all you ever heard about. You always heard about him and his sexcapades, but never would have thought that. I mean, I kind of, I believe it. I hundred percent believe it. Never would have thought that he would do a child, but mm. it doesn't surprise me to be honest with you, like at all. Well, I think he's a piece of shit anyway. Uh, but you know, you have to feel sorry for his brother Emilio Estevez because he's kick ass. Martin Sheen's kick ass. Oh my god, he's an awesome actor. I, I don't like their politics, even though I love the the West Wing with uh, Martin Sheen. Uh, but it's funny how during the Me Too movement, the newspapers were all over this. But as soon as uh, Corey Feldman comes out, nobody should be believing him. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense because. You know, some, uh, he, if anybody should be believed, it should be him mm-hmm. with everything that he went through with all the movies. And it's, it's as you would say, a sad state of affairs. I really wish none of this stuff would have happened to these guys because maybe they would have been in a different, you know, maybe, maybe Corey Haim would have still been here. They were suffering from PTSD. Yeah. You cannot say they weren't, and you can't say that it didn't happen. Now, when you have Elijah Wood, where he's a real popular actor now, and he says his mother protected him from this kind of shit, that just shows you the mother knew what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, But you have Barbara Walters was coming out to try to squash the story against Charlie Sheen. Mm -hmm. A lot of powerful people went into motion when this started happening that's very true very true 
Did you know that um, Todd Bridges even had issues since you did bring up, you know, his other half in the movie or in the show, Different Strokes? Um, he also had it very hard uh, growing up through all this. And, you know, he actually wrote a book called Killing Willis. Mm hmm. Um, because he dealt with all kinds of sexual abuse during his childhood, which led him into getting busted with criminal charges and drug, you know, drug addiction. And, I mean, you really didn't see him in anything else after Different Strokes. At least I don't recall seeing him in well, he, anything he, he, else. He co-hosted with Man Cow. <laughs> Uh, but even that didn't last long because you no. could tell when he was on the Man Cow show he was pretty screwed up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, he—I mean, he's another one, and from the same show, you know. But he suffered from a lot of it too, and which led him into all his criminal activities, I guess, because he was fighting his demons. Well, Leisha said, uh, "Led down dark paths to realize that these things probably are still happening." Oh, I can guarantee it's still happening. Like, 100%. Could you imagine what the kids before all this became come to uh, light, uh, like the child stars in the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s, what they had to go through? Yeah, it makes you really think about the movies from back then and, you know, like, okay, what about Wizard of Oz? What about, you, you know? Mm -hmm. Is anything going on there? Who knows? You don't know. Because, you know, she was playing a young girl in Wizard of Oz, but she really wasn't that young. Right. So it makes you think. Hmm. Makes you think about a lot of this stuff and how scary it is. Mm -hmm. Where is the protection for these kids? Where are the laws that protect these kids in this industry? Don't they work like 12, 14 hours a day? Oh, yeah. And a lot of them, when they're young like that, they have they actually go to their, tra they, I guess they have like a trailer where they have school um, on set. For kid act, so kid, they're working as adults plus going to school at the age of ten, eleven years old. Yeah, yeah, they're doing adult, basically living an adult life in a child body. You know, because they still got to get their education, and um, it's 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 disgusting if you ask me. I don't think. I mean, I get it. They want to be actors and actresses and whatnot, and they want to make the money. I'm sure the money is fabulous for them, but. I'm seeing a lot of the child actors from back in the 80s especially that didn't turn out so good in the end. Mm -hmm. There's some, there's a good amount of them that did, but, you know, on the other hand, there's a lot that ended up on drugs, ended up, you know, doing cr criminal activity, and it's just, it makes, you know, when you hear about it, then you're like, what led them to that? And now we know. And other actors, uh, Kevin Spacey, Mm -hmm. uh, he was accused by an actor, Anthony Rapp, uh, in 96, while he was still a minor, that uh, Spacey uh, got him. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was 14, and he allegedly was sexually harassed by Spacey. Um, he actually apologized for his behavior and said that he was drunk and didn't remember the 1986 incident at all. Don't you, ain't it funny when they say, I don't remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, he doesn't remember, but yet he's going to apologize for it. Uh-huh. That makes no sense to me. 
you know there's a part of him that still remembers it, and he's just going to blame it on the alcohol. Just my opinion. But that's how I look at it. Well, you were asking how far back uh, the uh, Fred, uh, Fatty Arbuckle uh, case, uh, September 5th of 1921, uh, she uh, he raped Virginia Rapp. Mm-hmm. Because she got them, it always seems like they got to get them drunk or they got to get them messed up on quaaludes and shit like that. Right? Is he? Is it, it's hard to believe just how freaking open all the actors and all the producers know about this stuff and they don't shut it down. That's that's. But you okay? But like okay, like in Harvey Weinstein's case, he's the producer. They're not going to shut him down. They're just going to let it happen. They're going to let it happen because he was, at that time, he produced amazing movies. You know, so of course they're going to just let it go. So what do they think? This is just the price you got to pay to be a star? Is you got to get abused? Uh, from what it sounds like, I guess that seems to be the thing for for the for the movie industry. You know, you got to put out or not be on the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, with a lot of these celebrities, that seems to be where it ends up being. I mean, do you think Corey Haim and Corey Feldman would have made it today if they didn't go through the suffering they I went through? I don't think so. The 80s was... Uh, the, uh, people who do not know how important those two Corys were to the movie industry in the 80s, you wouldn't have got Lucas, you wouldn't have got Stand By Me. Right. You wouldn't have got any wouldn't of have that. Wouldn't have gotten Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. I mean, the two of them, Corey Haim and Feldman, they start like they starred in a lot of movies together. Yeah, the two. That's why they call that's them the why, two Corys. That's why they're two Corys. And then the funny part, okay, me as a kid growing up, I'd, I always mixed up the two of them. Mm. Which one was Haim and which one was Feldman? But then, of course, I got smarter and figured it out. But I'm still wondering when you got smarter. I don't know. I'm working on it still. <laughs> <laughs> still working on it. Still working on it. Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's another one. I, I'm not really familiar with this specific um, actor. It's Michael Egan. Um, he accused a director, Brian Singer, for um, pedophilic sexual abuse mm. when he was growing up. Um, something about no clothes in the hot tub or pool areas, drugs of all kinds, drinking, and inappropriate advances, and when is all this going to stop? I mean, what... I wonder if politicians are actually at this kind of party. You know, that does really make you think, doesn't it? You know, because, okay, politicians, they aren't the greatest people in the world. Just no, Just and saying. you had that Jeffrey Epstein who had Rape Island. You had Clinton going there. All these underage kids. What is it with adults that they find underage kids? What is the attraction? I don't get it. I don't understand it. What? What? Okay, like if they're directors and they're producers, it's all about power. Mm-hmm. You know it is. And I think in general... Even with the average people, not the celebrities, I think the whole thing is based on a power trip. You know what? Power trip, yes. Because they hold power over the younger younger kids, which they can't do with someone their own age. And why does the parents just stand by? They let them do this. Money. Money. It's all about money. 
And now you look at Corey Feldman, all he's doing is uh, barroom uh, music and stuff. You'd think this yeah. kid would be a millionaire. You would think. With how much they were making, uh, how many movies they were making back then. Can you imagine? If I work, I wish I could do right now look up what his net worth is, which probably wouldn't be as much as it could have been. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I think his net worth now would have been way more if he didn't go through all the bullshit that he went he through. He would have been starring in a lot more movies. Oh, for sure. Because he was such a good actor. Mm. But it's just, why do kids, and you know, we'll, uh, we'll just stick with the celebrity status. $1 million is all he's worth. See, that's disgusting. He should be worth twice that, if not way more. But because of all the shit he went through, you don't see him in a lot of movies. I mean, me personally, if anybody else has seen Corey Feldman in a recent movie, let me know, because I'd like to see it. I personally haven't seen anything. Do you know Corey Haim's net worth at the time he died? No. $5,000. He was broke. Drugs. $5,000 after all those movies. And he was 39 when he died. Only 39 years old. And he, and he starred in some of the most popular movies of the 80s. Well, yeah, because it's like when you think of Corey Haim, you th- automatically think of Corey Feldman. You know? So it's like $5,000 is all he had when he died. That's it? Oh, my God. Should have been way more than that, but I guess the drugs took over. Charlie Sheen is worth $10 million. And I'm sorry, he's not the greatest actor. No. And he's a piece of shit. Oh, but you see the <laughs> Did I say that out loud? You see the difference here. Yeah. I think that's where Corey Haim should have been. Corey Haim should have been triple that if you ask me. Yeah. Cuz I think his You know, you had what? Hey, or uh his Feldman were... played in Lost Boys. Mhm. These were high gross and freaking movies, man. Yeah. Yep, 100%. But you can tell with Corey Haim just how bad it really was. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I wish things didn't have to uh, end the way it did for him. He should have basically been a lot more than what he ended up being. You know, the two Corys have they had it rough. That they did. And a lot of these celebrities, the the younger when they were younger, had a tough time. I mean, there's, you know, there's big time celebrities now that started falling into that me too movement because crap happened to them and you know it took something like that for a lot of the celebrities to actually come out with it and then it died down again oh yeah it died it it died real quick it's only a cool movement for a couple minutes it's like you know i personally as far as the me too movement i swear i only heard about it for like maybe a month Mm. and it was like Right around the time when um the court cases with why with what's his frick Harry Weinstein right. was going on, that was about it, and then you never heard anything about it again. Well, we're gonna go to our second music break, and we'll be right back. Some real stuff, the uh, interesting stuff to think about right there.
tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't give the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happened. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal. We have ignition. Strap in. You're about to listen to the hottest sounds. It's the hottest mixtape in the world. And you've got it. You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio 861354. Oh, yeah, we are back. Don't forget, we get uh, a new batch of books in on uh, Monday or Tuesday. You can get your signed autograph, get China Dow's lips, the whole nine yards on that. If you bought yours on Amazon, don't forget to leave a review. That always helps promote the book for us. We appreciate all the uh, support. And to continue our discussion, it's not only the movie makers, but as Donna said, it's coaches as well. And you got a very interesting one that's just been in the news. Well, we all know the uh, Olympic girls gymnastics team um, and Mr. Larry Nassar. Freak. Uh, he was the medical doctor trainer kind of thing for the U.S. Olympic team. Um, this he, is the U.S. Olympic team and this was happening. The, the gymnastics, yes. Um, he was accused of sexually assaulting hmm, over... 265 women in 14 years. Where the hell was the parents, man? Over 200 girls? Yes. He, uh, it, this, it's actually one of the largest sexual abuse scandals in sports history. And in... And they were all underage minors. They were all minors. Um, it was in the late 90s. You know, like Donna said, bring a, you know, bringing up coaches. The first thing that came to my mind when I read that was this. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to pull this up. Um, yeah, he was named in hundreds of lawsuits filed by athletes who said that Nassar engaged in sexual abuse for at least 14 years under the pretense of providing medical treatment. So what he was doing was he would be touching them in places that, you know, as growing growing up and some kids now, you know, their no-no area. Right. You know, and saying it was for medical reasons. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. And being that he was this medical professional. He was one of the best, they claim. Yeah, he was a medical professional. So, of course, when they're at the gym, usually the parents aren't there. Right. 
So they basically, this guy had free reign on all these girls for 14 years and did whatever he wanted, saying that what he was doing was going to help them out medically for their high, you know, achieving higher goals in the gymnastics field. Unreal. Then there was that Ohio State case where that coach went down. Mm-hmm. So this is a real problem with those that have power is they want to be over and they want everybody else to be subservient to them. Exactly. Just so they get their fucking rocks off. Yeah. It's, it's a, all a power trip. That's all they want to do is have a power trip. They want to be able to do something because let's just say, you know, I, this Larry, I've seen what Larry Nassar looks like. Sorry. Mm, would never have given him the time of day because mm-hmm. he's not the prettiest peach in the, in the bowl. But these girls felt like they had to do something. The, the girls felt as if they needed to trust him when they were young because he was a medical professional. And, you know, I'm sorry, but in gymnastics, I mean, I did it when I was a kid for about a year or two. You know, in order for them to maintain, and they, I mean, these kids go through a hell of a lot. They're starving themselves. Oh yeah. You know, these girls. A lot of the gymnastics. If you see them, a lot of a lot of the women no longer have the girls. No longer get their period. They're extremely anorexic, or you know, or bulimic. One of the two, um, because they got to maintain a specific look and a specific weight to do what they need to do and of course they're going to take this guy's opinion and let him do massaging or whatever kind of things he was doing to them because they had to trust him because he was a doctor Mm -hmm. so you know it makes you think and now nowadays if you go into a doctor's office I don't know if anybody else has paid attention to it, but if you're a female and you have a male doctor, there's always a female nurse in the room. The way it should be. The whole time. And Especially there, there, if they're uh, touching kids. There's always two medical professionals in the room anytime you go to a doctor now. And especially for us women that go to the gynecologist. Mm-hmm. If you have a male doctor, which I, I, I do, there's always a nurse in there. Ain't that pretty bad when you have to have that done because of what some of these doctors have done to people? It's disgusting. It's like, and they're using the fact that they're a doctor, you know, air quoted, to, uh, to their advantage. They're, you know, they well, pull, that's just like they, a lot of cops do it, too. Everybody who's in a position of power... That's what you hear about all the time. You yeah. know, I've covered story with cops doing it all, the, you know. Oh, I heard you make a comment about it. I believe it was last night about uh, co- a cop getting away with sexually assaulting. That's one of the biggest time. stories that we always do is that's yeah. what you find when they're in trouble. It's either has to do with uh, excessive force or they're freaking child uh, molesters. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to get out of this. Right. Oh, boy, did they use that one. <laughs> go yeah. down on the schlong. That's about and it. And you can get out of this. I'll let you go. So, again, we are in summer schedule right now. We were going to have a show tonight, but uh, China Dow, uh, she's going to get her second shot. And if uh, what I went through was any indication, I think she's going to be worse than I was. Uh, so, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 
8.30 a.m. over here, 8 o'clock over on YouTube. That is not changing, so don't get confused. It seems like we got a little uh, confusion out there. I love it. Make sure you uh, post something in Discord and pin it so everybody knows. Okay. Uh, members only chat again on uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we appreciate all your guys' support. Uh, wish China some luck, man. She's about to go get hers in about an hour. So with that, I'll talk to you guys later. Hope you enjoyed the show. Gave you some things to think about. That in the morning segment. Woo! Good show for Friday. Have a good weekend, guys. Get out there and get some riding in there, man. And you know what? And be careful of the damn cagers. Lots of accidents is uh, happening around here where we're at in northern Illinois. Uh, those cagers are not watching. And I believe Motorcycle uh, Awareness Month is coming up in May, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, you know, I get confused all the time. There's so many death different damn things that are happening but uh make sure you guys are careful out there we'll talk to you members on sunday everybody else monday morning as usual bye